faith, prostitution, and lying. <laughs> what do those have in common? Well, Nick Shepard and I are going to talk about that in just a little bit on Table Talk. Hey, welcome welcome back. This is Kyle Gatlin, uh, pastor at Covenant Young Methodist Church, along with Nick Shepard, who is our director of student ministries and also a big fan of our topic today. And yeah, he's, he's laughing because I've been kidding him about this because weeks and weeks ago, Nick has said something about, hey, you're going to be... We got Rahab coming up in Joshua. I would love to talk about that. I said, well, you're going to get the opportunity on the podcast. <laughs> That's how he's going to talk about it. So, yeah, so we are talking about Rahab. Rahab is in Joshua chapter 2. This is in, um, we're in the fourth week of our series, that our sermon series on Joshua. And Rahab is a big topic of conversation because over and over again, she was listed in the Bible and labeled as a prostitute. Now, the sermon hit on that a little bit uh, this past week. I wasn't able to use the word prostitute as much as I wanted to because we had young kids in the congregation. Uh, but th- this podcast, I can use prostitute as much as I want. So I can say prostitute again. So how many times I said prostitute now? At least five times. I say too many. You did. That's right. One too many already. Uh, so, so, Nick, I've been giving you a hard time about this. Yeah. All right. Um, making a lot of jokes with you. Uh, but there, there is an allure to, no pun intended, there's an allure to this story. <laughs> All right. Uh-huh. Yep. So, so trying to keep a straight face, trying to keep a straight face with this. Uh, what, what was it about this story that just intrigued you that, that uh, really you started thinking about this weeks ago? Well, you uh, you put out the the Sunday sermon schedule a long time ago. Just you know, as far out as I think next summer, right? Yeah. Um, and I just happened to look at it and saw, hey, we're doing this long Joshua series, and if I'm pacing it out right, that means that we'll get a whole week on Rahab. I mean, obviously, it's the entirety of Joshua too, as you said a minute ago, right? Yep. Um, it's just a phenomenal story because it's. I think it should speak to it has spoken to people for generations, rightfully so, but I think it actually has something really important to say to our context about who's welcome in God's kingdom. We use kingdom imagery a lot when we talk about the New Testament. Jesus talks about God's kingdom. There's all the parables. But I think that there's just as much to learn from the Old Testament about this is how life operates when God's in charge. And I think there should something so special and so beautiful about Rahab. Um, a woman who has no way to provide for herself except for something that we would consider shameful through prostitution. Rahab, a woman who is in a different religious context. Um, Rahab, whose life was on the line, but by faith, as we'll read later on when we get to Hebrews 11, she said, no, I'm going to do what's right and hide these Hebrew spies in opposition to everything she's ever known because she understood I'm welcome in God's kingdom. The the God that runs these Israelite folks, there's something there for me. And I just think that that's something we need to hear. It's like, okay, the people that God welcomes and the people that God celebrates aren't the people who have it all together. He loves the morons like me. 
because he loves to use them in such a way that he can prove that, hey, I'm the one that did this. I use such a shoddy tool to make such a masterpiece. And that, so you can't say anything except for God did this. Um, I think there's so much to be said about how, yeah, she's a prostitute, but then she winds up being celebrated later on in the Bible because of her faith. There's redemption there. There's beauty there. There's, I could talk about it for a long time. But. Yeah. And and it was hard to get into a lot of this just on a, you know, 20 to hour long message, however long I preach Sunday, I have no idea. And, and you couldn't get into it, but there was a quick pivot when, when the guys came into the two spies, they come into Jericho and predominantly we believe that they're there just to scout out, you know, the, the manpower or whatever, but they enter a place that's well known, obviously yep. to be the brothel or the home of prostitution. Now, again, I'm not making any judgment calls on these guys, but <laughs> there, there's a good chance that they went in there for something else. I, I'm not sure. We don't right? have that, right? We, we don't have that. But it, it is apparent without knowing a whole lot about the story from the time they entered the house to the time she hid them, something transpired. I mean, she she had a quick pivot in that interaction with with these two guys. And and, and we got to read a lot into the story there, yeah. right? Uh, so I, I can't assume that – these guys came in to take advantage of her. And then she said, oh, good, I'll hide you now. I, I think the opposite of that. Yeah. I think they came in there and said, we're from Israel. We're from Yah- we're God. God is Yahweh. And, and so I, there, I think there had to be some communication between these two guys and her. And then she quickly made a life-altering decision. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, just just that quick, and and just that quick. I, I'm 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 assuming a one or two days. It may have been hours. I don't I don't know. Um, it, it it just it's it's a, it's it's that quickly a person can change a direction of their life, and she not only changed it for herself, she changed it for her family as well. Uh, you know, I'll read this. This is from Joshua 2. I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation, um, starting in verse, see where is it? starting in verse 8. And this is Rahab explaining why she's making this decision. Before the spies went to sleep that night, Rahab went up on the roof to talk to them. I know the Lord has given you this land, she told them. We are all afraid of you. Everyone in this land is living in terror, for we have heard how the Lord made a dry path for you through the Red Sea when you left Egypt. And we know what you did to these other cities, these other people on the Jordan River, whose people you completely destroyed. No wonder our hearts have melted in fear. No one has the courage to fight after hearing such things. For the Lord your God is the supreme God of the heavens above and the earth below. So we can talk about what happened from point A to point B. I think the Bible doesn't tell us because it doesn't matter. She knew exactly who these guys were the second they walked in. The second she clocked them as Hebrews, as Israelites, she knew exactly what Israel's been up to. And they've been up to some wild stuff. They've been walking through oceans on dry land. They beat Egypt. They walked out of Egypt when they were slaves and said, bye, and got away. Yeah. Right? Not only that, all these military battles, like, we, we can go back and forth about what actually went down in that space. 
But I think this is the heart, and this is, we'll get to Hebrews in a little bit, but I think this is the reason why this is an important decision for Rahab. She's not responding to the two spies and their persuasiveness. She's seeing what God has done. What God has done in a way that nobody can say anything except for God did it. Because these are all just a bunch of lowborn slaves that got out of Egypt. Slaves don't part oceans, right? Slaves don't crush strong kings for nothing. So that she can tell that God that you serve is doing something. I'm going to do something to respond to him in faith. And I think there's such an important lesson there that, oh, people don't respond to us in ministry. They respond to Jesus when he gets a hold of their hearts. Right. Yeah. And what what you read there uh, in that translation you were reading, she said the people don't have courage. Right. And then she said the people don't have courage to, uh, to fight. Absolutely. And right. I'll go back in the NIV. When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear and everyone's courage failed because of you. And she keeps talking. All right. So, so you, you flip that. She's talking about the rest of Jericho. Their, their courage has failed. Their hearts have melted in fear. But on the flip side of that, she showed courage that the, that the city didn't have. Yeah. She, she showed just the opposite of what she's saying the people felt. She was, she, it took a bold step for her, a step of courage to, a welcome these spies in. That was courage, hiding them, um, and then actually telling them that yeah, your God is is awesome, and and then truthfully had to lie. It yeah. took it took courage to lie to the face of the people that came looking for those spies, um, and that. I know lying is sort of the rabbit hole that you didn't want to go down, so we're not going to go down it. Well, I take that back. Yeah, we will. All right. So yeah. before we before we, we're, we're going to end with with Hebrews eleven just yeah. a little bit. So uh, people that look at this story go, "Hey, she's a liar." Well, hey, I'm a prostitute. Might as well lie too. What's one more sin, right? I, I don't. I'm just making fun of that. But but she had to lie. And it's, it's a very interesting conversation because this is one of those things that you'll see in ethics classes. And I'm coming from a Christian private school and currently in seminary of, is there a good argument to be made for deception being acceptable at times? There's so many ways you can tackle this. There's ways of, okay, in the Old Testament, Sure, but you couldn't lie to God's people, but if they're not God's people, it doesn't matter. Well, now it's a New Testament, and we can all be mm-hmm. God's people. We've had a, we talked through a similar concept um, a couple weeks back when Sean was on the podcast about um, why you need to treat everybody with kindness, right? Of and how to reconcile that. But I don't know. But people talk about, hey, was it wrong for was it wrong for people in Nazi Germany to hide Jews in their basement and then say, hey, they're not there? Correct. I'm wondering if maybe I think that's that's the story of Anne Frank, right? Did wasn't Anne Frank hidden? Yeah, completely. And wrote the wrote the diary based on people were hiding her and lying that they even were hiding her, right? Absolutely, yeah. right. And that's not even that's not just Anne Frank. How many thousands of people is that the case for? Yeah, right. Was it wrong for those people to make that decision? I don't know. We want to establish God as holy, where all sin, anything that departs from His character, is abhorrent to Him. Always. That's one of the main thrusts of Genesis through um, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. 
But I think we have to understand that God is also the fount and the source of all wisdom. And God also is passionate about people made in his image. So if you, if God's looking at a situation and there's the future of my people is on the line, I'm not saying he's condoning this, but you got to understand that later in the Bible, Rahab is celebrated for telling this lie. You should, I hope you can see at this point why this is a complicated conversation, because then you get into, well, how much lying is too much lying? What are the proper reasons for it? And I think in Rahab's case, we know it's very specifically, there are people whose lives are in danger. And because their lives are in danger, I'm willing to put myself on the lie and be deceptive to save their lives from evil men who are working against God's purposes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think probably 100 out of 100 people would lie to save another person's life. Absolutely. I, I think that's, I hope so. I, I don't think that we question, we question at that when you put it in the context. Again, this is contextual. You gotta, you gotta put everything in context. It, uh, uh, it's just, it's just, you know, it's another one of those labels yeah. uh, that we give her and that she's a liar. Yeah. Well, okay. Pump yeah. the brakes. <laughs> she isn't celebrated for being a prostitute. She leaves that behind, yeah. but this deception's part of her act of faith. Yeah. Explicitly. It's because she welcomed the spies and protected them. It's the whole thrust of the story is when Israel stampedes Jer- Jericho, she, her and her family are spared because she did that. Yeah, and we I, we find that story in Hebrews, and and that 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 great hall of faith chapter is Hebrews chapter eleven for those of you keeping score at home, and, and what I find interesting is is there's a a lot of people's names, quote unquote, early in the Old Testament. Yeah, right. And this 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 Hebrews chapter, uh, just. Take us up to just hit those names, Nick, and then uh, where it ends. I thought it was very interesting. All right. So Hebrews chapter 11, um, I don't want to read it verbatim, but let's just hit the the people and why. Well, I'm sorry, context. Yeah. The whole point here is let me give you some examples of what living by faith looks like. Because the letter, letter of Hebrews is written to people who are under persecution and who are thinking about, "Mm, maybe I want to be Jewish again. I want to go back to just being a Jew again, like Judaism, the religion. And the whole point of Hebrews is everything that Jesus offers is better than anything that could be offered for what you left behind. And this is kind of the final thrust of live by faith. By faith, Abel brought a better offering than Cain did. It got him killed, right? But still by faith, he made that decision. Not saying, I'm going to compromise to save my brother's feelings. By faith, Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. Uh, By faith, Noah built his ark to save his family from the flood. By faith, Abraham obeyed God when he left. And then Galatians labels him as the man of faith. Um, By faith, Sarah was able to have a child. By faith, talks a lot about Abraham. Yeah, Abraham got the most through verse 19. By faith, Isaac... uh, promised blessings to Jacob and Esau yeah. by faith. Jacob blessed each of Joseph's sons by faith. Uh, Joseph, that's a long story. Yeah. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months. That's another deception if you go back and read that story. Right. Yep. Because um, they hide him and say, oh yeah, this is a girl because all the boys are getting killed. 
by faith, Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. And he keeps on going through that story. Yeah, all of Moses' life is faith, 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 right? <laughs> exactly. So, Well, except when it's not. Yeah. Uh, we talked about that. <laughs> it was by faith, and we'll pick up reading verbatim here in verse 29. It was by faith that the people of Israel went right through the Red Sea as though they were on dry ground. But when the Egyptians tried to follow, they were all drowned. It was by faith that the people of Israel marched around Jericho for seven days and the walls came crashing down. Pop the brakes for a side point. Rahab says, hey, they were all afraid. If they weren't, they would have come out and destroyed Israel on day three. Right? So that's a whole thing happening there. We could talk more about that another time. Verse 31, it was by faith. It was because she trusted God. She trusted the God of the Israelites and was willing to act on it. That Rahab the prostitute was not destroyed with the people in her city who refused to obey God, for she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. Yeah. And then the closeout, Gideon, Barak, uh, Samson, and Jephthah, David, and Samuel. And the point is that that Rahab gets as much press as Gideon, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel. More than those yes, guys. Yes, that's what I'm saying. They just get a mention, and the writer of Hebrews chooses to put Rahab and give her more press, right? Yes. Not, not obviously as much as Moses or Abraham. Nobody does that. Uh, but, you know, I thought that was huge. When you look at the context of that passage, that she's singled out. the The only woman besides Sarah was Sarah. Sarah was mentioned, right? Uh, Correct. With Abraham, and uh, I mean that was huge. And of course, when you when you know the genealogy and you know that she only chose to um, to help these spies, then she made a decision to align herself with the people of God. Because um, I, was, I was reading something a while ago where where Israel is not so much about genetics as as it is about people who call on the name of God, and which, which that Rahab is identified now as a person related to Israel. Uh, because she's a Canaanite woman, but yet because of the birth of her child, they end up being a... Uh, in the lineage of Jesus, um, because because she made the choice. Absolutely, she made, and she I was trying to choice. get back to um, Luke three to take a look at that genealogy to find that, but I'm having a hard time. Actually, in Matthew chapter one is the is the first one. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But your point stands, right? How many women are there involved in Israel's history? Half of all of Israel, right? Yeah. <laughs> Full of people who don't make the pages of the Bible who are faithful, who believe in God enough to orient their lives around it. But I think the reason that the Bible brings out Rahab is she had skin in the game and she had so much to lose. She left behind her culture, her, I'm assuming, profitable profession. I could be wrong. It's not in the Bible. I'm not going to die on that hill. But at the very least, she left behind her reputation and her what she knew life to be because she responded to this is what God is doing. I have to be a part of it. And, and again, I, I pick fun at that label. Why would they keep doing that? That that's probably the, the question that I had 
Why did they just not just mention by faith Rahab welcomed the spies? I mean, why Jen, Rahab the prostitute? Yeah, right? why, yeah. Why did why did the because theoretically, and and I'm reading more into the story than we know. She was a prostitute up until the time the spies came into the city. Mm-hmm. We assume that she gave up that and got married and had children. Yeah, and was no longer in that profession. Yeah. Yet the Bible still labels her, and I think I think you you touched on this in our conversation earlier that um, that that there there's a possible reason why they keep mentioning that that James mentions it, Hebrews mentions it, uh, giving her that name, and keep even though even though she's changed, mm-hmm. right? Uh, particularly Jane. Well, I guess they're referring to in the moment that she was a prostitute when she made that decision, right? Because in Matthew, they don't say Rahab the prostitute in the genealogy. They, they just say they, Rahab. They just, they just say Rahab. But the, the other writers in Hebrews and James keep mentioning that name. And I think the, the word that you used earlier today um, may be the reason it keeps popping up, because it is a story of? Redemption. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I love this idea that, hey, God pulled this person, no connection to Israel, not a Jew, the furthest thing you can imagine from a good Jew as the Pharisees, for example, in Jesus' time, would have envisioned it, and makes that part of their legacy of, I used this person, redeemed them, brought them into the family, and I did things you could never do for yourself. Maybe you should trust me. And that's that's a final word that we love for you to remember today, that that no matter where you are and no matter what you've been labeled, uh, no matter what road you've gone down, you always can make a turn uh, because there's redemption waiting on you uh, through Jesus Christ. All right. Any other final thoughts, Nick, before we close out? Not particularly. I'll just encourage you and exhort you to use a fancy word. Um, you can't do what Rahab did without having what God is doing in front of you to respond to. Be in God's word. Find somebody who knows what they're talking about, about the Bible. If you don't say, hey, what has God done in your life? What's this Jesus stuff? Because I don't know anything about it. If, if that's in your position, figure it out and then respond to that. Not to what you think about Jesus, not to what you already know about Jesus, but to the Jesus you find in the Bible. And if you open your eyes, you will be able to see the God that Rahab saw and that you're able to know the God that Rahab knew if you keep your eyes wide open. Hey, next week um, we're going to be welcoming Daniel and Sheree Jackson. They are pastors from Durham, North Carolina. They will not only be sharing in our morning services on October 9th, but they'll also be sharing on this weekly podcast with us. Some interesting stuff been going on in their lives and uh, would love to catch up with them and hope that you'll tune in and listen to either the messages uh, from Sunday or the next podcast. For Nick Shepard, this is Kyle Gatlin, along with our producers, Juan Sapiro and Sean. I'm always here, Shirley. Thanks, and have a good day.